What's up, Law Nation? Another beautiful day to be alive. So happy that you can join me today on another episode. If you're ready to start creating your own economy and start taking back control of your life, start by going to escapethebillable.com and downloading our Billables to Abundance Bible, a field guide to getting started with passive investing. Look, our retirement system is broken. We're stuck in an outdated, old way of thinking about not only retirement, but life in general. The pit bosses of the Wall Street Casino are doing everything in their power to keep you spinning the roulette wheel nine to five until you're 65 because that's the way they can control you and line their pockets. They want to keep you in the dark and use scare tactics to drum up fear and trepidation about anything outside of stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. Well, some of us are tired of it tired of taking orders, and tired of fear. Me, you, and our guest, Damian Lupo, for sure. Damian's mission is simple, to free a million people from financial bondage. His unique tool is a fusion of financial literacy and a little-known strategy called the EQRP that allows investors to control their retirement money and get off the Wall Street roller coaster. He's the best-selling author of 12 books on personal finance, investment, and retirement planning. He hosts the Financial Underdogs podcast, has owned more than 50 companies, and is the founder of his own martial art, Yakito. Damien is the chief honey badger at the EQRP company and the lead architect of the EQRP. I've been waiting a while to get him booked on this show, and I am super stoked. Let's go. This is the Passive Income Attorney Podcast, where you'll discover the secrets and strategies of the ultra-wealthy on how they build streams of passive income to give them the freedom we all want. Attorney Seth Bradley will help you end the cycle of trading your time for money so you can make money while you sleep. Start living the good life on your own terms. Now, here's your host, Seth Bradley. Damien, what's going on, brother? Welcome to the show. Hey, Seth. Good to see you, man. Yeah, great to see you, man. Thanks for coming on. Um, let's just dive right in, brother. What's your story? Feel free to brag a little bit when you get towards the towards the more recent history. Yeah, it is, you know, my, my story is it starts off super far away from everything up in Alaska, and it's it's funny because I, I think about like my story is a little weird where I've actually had to be afraid of being eaten multiple times in my life. Like my last job in in, in Alaska, I worked in the oil fields. And if, if you don't pay attention, you can actually be eaten by a polar bear because they're out there where the trash is. That was my job. And between that job and my tours <laughs> in Africa, I like where you, if you make a mistake and you go out there and try to pet the little liger, uh, the tiger or the lion cub, then mommy yeah. eats you. So most people are so afraid of like being eaten by stuff. I laugh. I go, well, my life is about not getting eaten literally by things. And, <laughs> and so all the stuff that happened after that, you know, like I, I went to college a few times, got thrown out of school because I put the bookstore out of business. They didn't like that. And I, I just went through these, this process of being an entrepreneur, just, you know, just trying things and, and going for it and, and not really caring what I, I look back. Apparently, I didn't care that much what anybody thought because my parents were irritated. People were throwing me out of school. <laughs> and, and eventually that just led to me going out and doing things, creating passive income, doing real estate stuff, because I, that's what made sense to me. Going to college and not getting thrown out of school didn't make sense. And so I went on that journey of, of, of the, it's the entrepreneur's chaotic, messy, you know, not a straight line journey. And it, it led to creating a, a pretty large portfolio at the time in my twenties, too much money, too many Ferraris, 
20 million dollars <laughs> and then i learned what it's like to lose a 20 million dollar portfolio go from 20 to negative five in 12 months and and then on the other side of that there was this whole reinvention process of really asking different questions which probably are better to ask up front but you definitely ask them after you go have that kind of swing and and that's where the journey began where i started doing what i'm doing now and i've been doing that for the last 10 years really breaking people's financial shackles and helping them with with the means and the tools and the ideology from my experience on how they can actually be financially free with the tools that most people leave for dead and we're talking about the retirement space yeah gotcha totally agree with the the retirement thing and we'll, we'll jump into that but you think uh, you know running from from animals and and the you know <laughs> potentially getting eaten kind of led to you not caring what other people thought because you had bigger things to deal with. <laughs> well, I, you know, I think when you have a perspective around that, when you realize that most most of us are afraid that we're going to be eaten, our our primal brain is is constantly on the lookout, and so we go, well, we, if I make a mistake, I'm going to be eaten. That's what our brain, that not our conscious brain, but our our subconscious is thinking. The reality is these mistakes that we make by going out there and getting thrown out of college or buying a property and you realize it's a money pit or getting sued or like all these things that happen, nothing eats you. You just get smarter and you get better unless you're a, a dumb dumb and you go on a merry-go-round doing the same thing over and over again. And that that's, you know, that you have to read Larry Wingett's book, which is called Your Life is Your Own Damn Fault. If you're on a merry-go-round making the same mistake, that's your fault. Like, don't do that. Learn from the thing the first time and then go make a new mistake. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. And do you help people kind of get over that, you know, train of thought before they have to maybe make all those big mistakes? I mean, you know, I think that is the the primal brain telling you like to just be afraid of, of anything that you're not used to and, and that you're comfortable with. So, you know, do you coach people out of that? Yeah, it, it's something that I, I started doing many years ago and it was an accidental coaching or mentoring. And it was really helping people develop. And I call it the map millionaire action plan blueprint. And it was, it was going through the process of reflecting back the truth of what was going on in their life. I always tell people, hey, look, you know what? You are your own guru. And I, and I think there was a movie about that that Tony Robbins did. Or he says, it, he, I am not your guru. And what people don't realize yeah. is we have the truth inside of us. And if somebody can reflect it back and say, okay, here's the reality and borrow my confidence. And, and with these steps, people go, oh. And, and it's, so it's helping guide them because most people, I, I, I run into people all the time. They have the means, they have some momentum, but they just they don't have the certainty because they haven't done it yet. And so if you can borrow somebody else's certainty, then you're you're more likely to say, Oh, I have I have hope and belief around this thing. It's not just delusion. And I think a lot of people get stuck because they go, I might be crazy. So they don't want to look crazy. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the best things you can do for yourself is to find a, a mentor or a coach or somebody that can kind of help you do whatever it is that you're trying to do. I mean, there might be a more general sense, like a life coach that's just trying to help you kind of get through some some issues that you have. But there's also like, you know, if you want to invest in multifamily real estate or you want to you know, start a small business or start a gym or whatever it might be, you know, find somebody that's done it before and, and follow their blueprint so you don't have to make as many mistakes as you would make on your own. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really fascinating how often we are the problem for our own situation. And I, I remember when I started doing real estate back in 2000, I actually did my first deal in the 90s, uh, New Year's Eve 1999. So I broke into the real estate deal in, in, you know, in the 90s by like 12 <laughs> hours. And it was, it was funny. I, I bought this house uh, on my credit card and that was part of the story. I didn't have any money. I, my, a buddy came to me and said, hey, you want to do this deal with me? And I said, why are you asking me? He said, I need some money. I said, me too. I don't have any money. He goes, yeah, but you have a visa. And I said, okay. So I took the cash advance out, used that for the down payment. And, and so I did this. And then I bought a couple more houses 
from some guerrilla marketing I learned at a, at a conference. And it was, it was wild because I had the assets, but I wasn't responding to the phone calls. People would call me and they'd say, I'm interested. And I would just ignore them, which is a really good idea if you're trying to make money. <laughs> and, and then I, I played Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow board game and did the personal financial statement on my own life. And I realized I was 30 days away from bankruptcy. This is in April of 2000. And I said, oh my gosh. So all of a sudden, because of that reality, the reflection back of what was coming, I went from three houses, no tenants, to 11 houses in 30 days, 11 houses full, and pretty well on my way towards actual passive income that would cover my expenses. And it was because the fear around actually being eaten, which is called bankruptcy, it's the closest thing for a lot of people to be <laughs> eaten. I got, I was like, oh, that line is going to come chew me up. So it, it, it triggered a lot of action. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there were a couple of things there I and mean, people might uh, consider that buying a house with a credit card a little bit risky nowadays. What, a little, <laughs> well, it's a lot risky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How are you able to, to make that jump? And you were just like, you didn't even care at the time. You're like, that sounds great. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Seth, one of the funny parts is that when you're out back then, I was 22, uh, 20, 20, yeah, 22 when I did that. And one of the beautiful parts about doing anything when you're 22 is you have no experience of pain. I mean, relatively, when you're 50, you have all these decades of real adult stuff. But when you're 22, you barely, you're barely out of kidhood, you know, childhood. Yeah. You, you go and you say, oh, yeah, it makes sense to buy houses on credit cards. It's like yeah. people that are taking out mortgages on their houses to go buy crypto and they don't even know how to spell crypto. Like it's, like, <laughs> it's the yeah. level of, well, you know, what? it's either going to work or you're going to blow up. So that's yeah. basically what I did. I said, let's go. And I wasn't thinking yeah. about the consequences because I was fearless. Yeah, why not too? I mean, when you're younger too, you can take some take some big swings that might not have a, a high percentage of, of success and it's okay because you've got time to recover anyways. Yeah, and, and that's, I mean, there's a really good point there too. A lot of times people will, will show up and they'll hear, okay, there's a possibility for me creating wealth or doing some real estate. And they go, but I'm, I'm 45, 50, 55 years old. And then they freeze up. They go, I can't take those risks because of my kids or because it's too late. And I go, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It, what, what, you're, what you're afraid of is you're going to lose everything. So don't bet everything on that yeah. first thing you do. It doesn't mean you can't make mistakes. It doesn't mean you can't take action. It means you need to understand position sizing where you actually say, okay, I'm going to go risk five or 10%. I'm not going to risk 50% on this thing that I really don't know anything about yet. And that's the bridge for most people when they have the experience of, of getting hurt or they're getting older. You really just have to understand how much you're putting on the table at a time. And then you can take action and not worry about dying. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's got to be a calculated risk. I mean, even in your 20s, it should be a calculated risk, but you just don't think about it quite as much. But yeah, I mean, when you get older and you, you, you start thinking, you know, I want to be more conservative. I mean, that's fine and that's true. But at the same time, you, you've got to still take your swings. I mean, you're going to be stuck in that same lifestyle that same way of life that you're obviously not that happy with right now. So you, you've got to take some swings. It, 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 it's exactly right. I mean, these, these swings, I had a, a guy call me, he's an attorney out in San Francisco. He calls and I'm talking with him and he, he mentions he makes a half a million bucks a year. And then he starts telling me about his life and giving me his formula. And his formula was alimony and child support and taxes <laughs> in California. And all of a sudden yeah. I said, you're basically at poverty. He goes, I am. I mean, literally <laughs> at the end of the day, and I said, okay, we need a new formula. He goes, I know, like help me. And so we did a map and gave him a path and it, it was, it requires work and it requires some time, but you know, in, and he's in his fifties and in less than five years, he's done even with that crushing load that he's got. So I don't care where you're at, if you're making a half million or, or, you know, 50,000, it doesn't really make any difference. It's just getting clarity and then you create a path and then you do the work. 
Yeah, yeah. And I've heard you talk about this before, but I mean, do you think people get themselves in, in situations like that due to, um, you know, because our financial education system is so broken? I mean, we just, we don't learn about this stuff when we're growing up. I mean, this should be just like learning about, you know, math and English and science. I mean, it should be part of your education from an early age. I mean, you should be learning basic stuff when you're in elementary school. That, that it, it's, it's missing me. Because the system is meant to keep us trapped. Because if everybody's free, then it, like when the Rockefellers set up the, the education system 100 years ago, there was a very specific structure and it, it matched the industry. It matched the, the, uh, the factories where you have people lining up. There's bells that go on. They go, to, they go to school at a certain time. They're told what to do. And that, that really works. You train people to be good employees. And so you, you have to unlearn some of this stuff. And, you're, and it's, you know, we, get, we say, well, where would you learn it? You're learning from your parents, but where would they learn it to teach you? That, like <laughs> so you, you have to go outside of the mainstream. And, and fortunately right now, there's so many brains that are thinking about this stuff worldwide and the internet, as long as the internet doesn't get turned off, then I think we're good because the, the solutions are being created by people like you and, and that are out there doing the work that needs to be done, not just perpetuating the system. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it'll ever actually be implemented into, you know, your formal education? Do you, do you think they're not, not going to get those wheels turning? Never. It's never going to be a part of that system. That system is meant to create employees. I mean, period. That's, that's what it, it, it's meant to do. And it, it obviously is really important when you have people like doctors, you don't want somebody going, Hey, I did a weekend course on surgery. Now let me cut your brain open. Like, you know, that's, yeah. that's important, <laughs> but there, the, the general system is, is not set up to create freedom for people. It's meant to feed and protect these established institutions like the finance institution and and just mega companies um, that are you know giant global institutions so you have to look outside of that stuff you, you can't say oh my financial advisor and the in the school system they're teaching me i i don't know if you, this happened for you but when i was in high school our our idea of investing what we were taught was pick a stock and in 30 days we'll see whose stock has gone up the most so they were yeah. teaching everybody to be yeah. speculator gamblers <laughs> i'm like this is the dumbest teaching ever and that's what their 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 stuff was oh and here you can if you balance a checkbook you're good i'm like okay well yeah okay that's like listening to dave ramsey telling you that debt is bad when debt is actually our monetary system and and dave is telling everybody don't use the monetary system and basically it's going to be used against you so i, I think you have to really dig a little deeper beyond just the surface level information yeah. Yeah. I remember playing that game. I mean, you just like pick a couple of stocks that you liked and, and like, they didn't even give you good advice on how to pick stocks. It was just like, Oh, pick some, pick some stocks of, of companies that, you know, have products that you enjoy or something like that, instead of, you know, digging into the financials or something like that, that might be, might be useful. It was just, uh, you know, pick an everyday product that you use a lot and that'll probably be a successful company. <laughs> it's you know, I, I actually, I did that when, and I don't have any stocks. I don't, I don't, I don't like that system. It's a rigged casino. But yeah. I remember when I bought Starbucks and I bought Starbucks stock because I was consuming at one point, I measured everything I spent for an entire year, every penny. I did the spreadsheet. I had like 50 different categories. One category was coffee. And at the end of the year, I had like $2,500 in coffee. And I said, if I'm going to spend that much money, I should actually benefit. So I bought Starbucks stock. So I was following that thing because I was spending so much money and it helped me justify my stupid coffee habit, which is pretty funny. It's bad <laughs> advice. Like, don't do that. But it's, yeah. you know, it's kind of along the lines of what you're talking about. Buy the thing that you like. And sometimes that's an interesting <laughs> idea. Mostly it's stupid. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned the the casino issue. I mean, I say the same thing, man. I call it the Wall Street casino and the, and the pit bosses that run it. What's your just general thoughts about that, man? <laughs> it, it's definitely a casino, but it's it's a casino behind bars. It's a, yeah. like when I, we look at 401ks, we call it uh, the stuff that we do is breaking people out of the 401k jail. 
because really your money is trapped. And, and for like my, my friends that will say, we hate 401ks. And I'm like, yeah, traditional 401ks are a freaking disaster. And why do people think they're so good? Because you get free money. Trust me, there's no free money. And even if you had free money, it's still trapped behind these, these bars. And so yeah. you've got the pit bosses spinning and you're like, hey, this is good. Well, you're just speculating. <laughs> and there's no freedom in speculating. You know why? Because you don't learn anything. And, and yeah. if you wake up one day at 50 and you say, I've got $2 million, you're still going to be afraid. Why? Because you've not done anything. You don't have any scar tissue around the learning. And so I, I see it as a jail where you're just basically learning how to be a speculator with no financial literacy. And there's, there's a completely different world out there where you actually grow and you're in control. And that scares the living crap out of most people. Yeah. Yeah. And let, let's just jump into that. That's a good, good preface. I mean, what are some of the other shortcomings of the 401k? I mean, what, give me your thoughts on that. Well, it's, it's interesting because the 401ks and the IRAs were all established back in the seventies and they were, it was set up. So you had all these options, but then wall street got a hold of it and said, all right, well, let's give people option A, B, C, or D, which are all mutual funds. They're, they're paper assets. And, and so people said, oh, well, I mean, I, I guess I get a, a, a matching dollar or if I put money away, it's important and smart because somebody somewhere, I think it was Kiplinger or Wall Street Journal, they told me this is a good idea. So the shortcomings are you have no control. You basically, you, you don't have control and you do not have a diversified portfolio if you've got 60% growth and 40% bonds or whatever. That's not diversified. That's all paper junk and it's crap. Yeah. And it's, it's a speculative um, bomb that's waiting to go off. So the, the downside is no control. The, the other downside is you really don't have control of the timing. So it's, it's choosing your assets and it's also the timing when you can do things. The alternative, which is amazing, and most people are like, wait, I've never heard of this. I'm like, yeah, why would, why would Wall Street tell you about the alternative? Because well, <laughs> why do they keep you in that thing? Because of fees. Yeah. And, and ultimately, the, the alternative is the self-directed space, which is where I spend all my time. And it's, it, specifically, there's a lot of different options out there and people get confused. And there's, there's, there's self-directed IRAs, there's self-directed 401ks. Ultimately, the ultimate is, is the EQRP. It's, it's what we created to give people control, whether they're by themselves, whether they have 50 employees. It gives you control to be able to pick, buying things like real estate, multifamily, buying crypto, buying gold, and doing what you want. And so it's, people get excited or scared to death. They're like, yeah, but what do I know about anything? Well, you better learn. And, and that's why we're, you're here, you're listening to us right now, listening and learning. And so you, you ultimately, if you can choose to have control or you can choose to be a sheep and go off a cliff, I guess that's a buffalo, but you know, you're, you're going you're gonna to choose one way or the other, control or no control. We, we all have that choice. And, and that's what the EQRP is all about, giving you control of your, of your assets. Yeah. I, I mean, I think people just get afraid. I mean, they get, a, they get some fear in, in them because they're like, you know, I, all I do is invest in my 401k, you know, set it, forget it, you know, put this much, much away or put as much as I can away that they allow me to every month and that's it. And then I just keep going to my job every single day. Like, you know, how do you get them over that mindset hump to, to be like, okay, to come up, overcome that fear and just say, all right, I'm going to take more control. I'm going to put my money, I'm going to roll it over into one of these retirement accounts that I can at least have some control over. But what do I do now? And when they ask you that, I mean, you just, what is it? You just tell them like, get educated, like figure it out or, or where do they go from there? Yeah, part, part of this, and, and it's an unfortunate part of the self-directed space, a lot of it is we're not, we're not really going to tell you what to do or how to do it. We're just going to give you access and, and we do something different. We, we actually give people a lot of resources, tools for both using the, the money that they have control of, but also educating. And so, you know, sharing with people the best of, here are the podcasts, here are the trainings, here are the books, uh, playing cash flow, the board game. Like we just, we dig into that to really empower people with the skills and, and, and the arms, if you will 
to be able to go out there and go to war because it is a war. And if you don't think it's a war, you're mistaken. This is a war. It, it's you. It's like you and your money versus the system. And you have to be willing to stand up and take control of it and say, OK, I'm up in arms about this. And so we do give people a lot of that, that coaching and those resources so that they're not just sitting there going, I got a pile of money and no idea because there's nothing scarier than watching somebody that's clueless. But ultimately, we don't do it for you. Like, yeah. and, and that's the thing that people have to really say, I'm, I'm willing and able and ready to take control and do the work. I know work is like a four letter word anymore. Oh, work? No, I'm entitled to a $1,400 check and freebies and everything else. Well, yeah, this is this is work and there's and freedom is on the other side of it. Yeah, I, I love it, man. I love it. You can give people a game plan on what to do at that point. So I, we've had a lot of guests or a couple of guests that were awesome guests that, that talked about the self-directed IRA and the solo 401k. Let's kind of let's break those walls down. What what makes you know the EQRP better than each of those? So yeah, specifically all these we're, we're talking about self-directed, which means you have some level of control on your stuff. And I, I mean, I even started with the self-directed IRA before I knew better. And that's there's a it's a ten trillion dollar industry. So there's a lot of marketing and there's a lot of people talking about it. And quite frankly, a lot of people have them. And I still even have one because I'm stuck with it. It's an inherited. Roth IRA. So in that case, there's nothing I can do. But the differences are like when you're talking about real estate specifically, a lot of people want to be in real estate because most millionaires either make their money or keep their money in, in real estate. So it's a smart place to be looking at. And with IRAs, you, there's a there's something called a UBIT tax, which kills people and they don't even realize it's coming. So if you go buy an apartment or a house and a syndication where there's debt, which we like debt in real estate, it, it juices yeah. our returns. When you have that, an IRA is going to ultimately trip you up. You're going to end up paying, in general, about a 37% tax on a majority of your profits. So huge problem with real estate. Another problem, and, and you should probably stop and think about that if you have real estate or you want to do real estate with an IRA, it's a ticking time bomb. So that's, that's a, the biggest problem with IRAs, not to mention a custodian that can really just create a problem for getting things done. You want to go do something, you got to get custodians to approve it. And even when you have checkbook control, there's still friction in the system. So that's that's a huge that's a that's just a big difference. An EQRP, on the other hand, gives you actual control. You're in charge. There's no custodian. You're the trustee. There's no tax. It's exempt from the UBIT tax. Massive difference. You want to go buy crypto or gold in an EQRP? You get to hold it because you're the trustee. You want to try to do that with an IRA? You cannot do it. Somebody else has to hold it. Now you have counterparty risk. And then with the old idea of of the solo 401ks. That was kind of the, the first step for a lot of people getting rid of some UBIT tax and, and having some control. The problem is the rules changed uh, in the last 18 months. And now you can never even have a part-time employee with a solo 401k. That's a huge problem. I mean, we're talking somebody that works for you 10 hours a week. And if you say, well, I don't have any employees. They're just contractors. The IRS is, is now looking at people and scrutinizing if you have part-time people that are actual employees, but you call them contractors. Mm -hmm. So the bottom line is the solo 401ks can be helpful, but you can never have help. And if you think you're going to grow and you're going to be financially free and you're going to do it all on your own, then in all likelihood, you're mistaken. So ultimately where people end up is they, 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 they go to the end, which is the EQRP. That's where you're going to end up. And instead of having an IRA and then a solo 401k and then, and then an EQRP, you just start with a place where you can have 50 employees inside of this part-time, full-time, and, and you don't have any of these taxes. You have the ability to control everything. So when you look across the board, there's there's massive control differences. You're going to end up getting to a, a place easier with a team. Like anybody that's that's wealthy has a team. Like there's that's just how it is. And 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 then in America we've got this great experience called lawsuits and litigation. 
And solo 401ks and IRAs don't have the same level of protections because they're not protected by ERISA, which is what created the 401ks and IRAs. They're not, they're not protected the same way as an EQRP. It actually has ironclad protections where you can't, your assets are, they're bulletproof. So if you think about just what, what you want, you want the best, you don't want to have something that's half-ass. And ultimately the IRAs and the solo 401ks, typically they're just, they're, it's a half-ass product. And so half-ass is interesting, but most people want to have, you know, the full deal. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, cool, man. Well, let's rewind that a little bit. So just maybe explain from the most basic level, like what, you know, I, I have a pretty good understanding of, you know, the IRA and the, and the 401k, but you know, what structurally is a QRP? So the, 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 there's a, the term QRP, it's qualified retirement plans. There, there's a specific type of retirement account, like the EQRP that, that we build is a type of 401k and it has other layers inside of it with entities that are, that make it unique. Uh, the, the IRAs are a type of tax shelter. It's um, 401ks are also a type of qualified plan, 457s. All these things, are there. if you think about all these retirement accounts, they're just tax shelters. Mm -hmm. the, the shelters that are available under section 401 and 408, Congress and the IRS just said, okay, well, mostly Congress, we want people to have money so that we don't, they're not relying on us. And so we're going to give them an incentive, everybody to have deferred money. Ultimately, the place that you, if you take one thing away, do as much as you can to have control of your money in a Roth EQRP. Why? Because you're taking yourself out of the crosshairs of Joe Biden and everybody else that wants to tax you to death. And you have the ability to do that with things that you control. You control. You're at the base level, you're just not going to have the same control in an IRA or even a solo 401k that you have with an EQRP and it won't be protected. So it comes down to control and protection and the ability to grow. And that's, that's the big differences between these different products. Gotcha. Is there, is there any scenario where someone wouldn't go with the EQRP um, over one of these other products? Yeah. Tip, I mean, if you, if you have a Roth IRA then, or you have an inherited IRA, you're always going to have a Roth IRA or an inherited IRA. And so that's, you are going to stay there. Uh, if it, and that's, that's typically the only times because if, if any other situation you're, you're restricting and limiting yourselves. And, and if you compare things side by side, what, what people will find out is that typically it's, we get tricked into thinking it's, it's kind of like Facebook, it's free. And then you go, wait a second, wait, how are they making money? Because you're the product. And it's the yeah. same thing with, with IRAs. If they say, oh, it's free or it's 50 bucks to set up and then they feed the living crap out of you for the next forever until you're dead. It's like, it's like Wall Street. Whereas with an EQRP, it's very transparent. It's, it costs more to set up. And then you have a flat 500 bucks a year to run this versus thousands and thousands with IRAs. And that's typically what we see because that's the model. IRAs are set up to, to basically bleed you to death slowly. Gotcha. Yeah. That was my next question was, you know, how do the, the cost, the startup costs and the fees really compare to some of these other products as well? It, what, what we see is that when you look at, uh, when you look at traditional 401ks, most people don't even realize this there, the fees in there are from one to 4% per year. And as your accounts grow, you realize you're talking thousands, thousands, potentially tens of thousands of dollars a year as it grows. And, and then when you have self-directed IRAs, the IRA custodians, the, the goal is to have three, four, five thousand dollars a year in fees. That that's the business model. Whereas with an EQRP, it's 500 bucks flat. Whether you have a hundred thousand or a hundred million, it's still five, it's still five hundred bucks. So you spend more when you when you set it up, and then you've got this five hundred dollar flat cost to keep it going, and that covers everything. And so it's, it's a very different model. You're, what we see is most people are going to spend four to five times more over a 10-year period, four to five times more between an IRA and, and an EQRP. So you just have to have a little bit, 
I think a lot of people are impatient. They go, oh, look, it's free. It's not free. It's, it's, yeah. These are all businesses. You have to understand that there's different models and one is meant to support you and one's meant to feed on you. Yeah. So, so, but the startup cost may be a little bit more. It's just, you, yeah, you kind absolutely. of, you had that pop at the beginning. And then after that, you know, it's, it's, it's a flat fee or well, low flat fee compared to the other products where you're going to pay a, a higher flat fee, or even as you grow your, your wealth, even more and more and more. Yeah. And, and, and most other systems that you see out there are, it's a percentage of assets. So the idea is, Hey, we'll, we'll get you set up with a self-directed IRA for 50 bucks, or like you can get a free solo 401k at Schwab, literally mm-hmm. free. And guess what? They're, they're taking a chunk of your assets. It's assets under management. And I'm all in favor of fees if people are doing work, like if there's, an, if there's a fair exchange. But the reality is in these systems, they say, okay, well, you have an IRA and we're going to charge you a half a point or 1% or 2% of your assets. And, and so why are they earning that? How are they earning that? What are they actually doing? It's just their model and people get sucked into it because it looks like it's, it's free. It's not free. You just get eaten over a period of time. You're still eaten at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, when you when you frame it like that, it almost starts to sound like you're back on the uh, on the roller coaster again, right? You're on you're on the casino, like the mutual a, fund managers and things like that. It almost sounds exactly the same. It's the same. It's the same roller coaster. It's the same model. Uh, IRA institutions typically, I mean, that that model came from Wall Street. It's a ten trillion dollar industry. So if anything, if there's any ten trillion dollar industry, it's run by Goldman Sachs guys. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. just. That's how it is. And it's very profitable. And people have a billion dollars under management with an IRA company. They go great. And they've got their 1% or 2%. You just think about that $10, $20 million in fees automatically, no matter what, for doing nothing except for holding open a ledger and saying, okay, you're in compliance. It's right. kind of nonsensical. So you, you just you have to look big picture. It's kind of like looking at your life. You can't just look at it in this moment and that's it because there's probably going to be 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years still and when you look over over a period of time, even ten years, it becomes really obvious what you should do. Yeah, yeah, man, yeah. You framed that very well, man. I gotta, I gotta think about that myself. So let let's talk about you know get getting someone to even get to the point where they're gonna roll those assets over from you know their traditional account to something more self directed is, is usually pretty difficult. I mean, trying to get them to understand it that you know, that, that they can, they need to take control of their lives and start creating multiple streams of income through real estate or whatever it might be. You know, what, what are, what's some advice you give to them to, to try to get them over that hump? Well, you know, it, it, what's funny is I just heard Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger doing their annual shareholder meeting recently. And, and they were, they were just, Charlie Munger basically said he, he was cracking on cryptocurrency and I was laughing. He said, it's all for extortionists and kidnappers. And I was like, well, you're 97 years old. You don't get that. But what, what those guys do get is, is, and this is something that Warren Buffett said, he said, you're never going to be free until you're, you have something that's making you money while you sleep. If you don't have that, you'll never be free. And in the, in the Wall Street system and in traditional 401ks, if you think that a number is going to make you free, like people are told, if I have 2 or $3 million, then I just pull out 4% and then I can do that every year and everything's good. It's a lie. And so how do you get over the hump? You realize that that particular system you're in is never going to make you free. You're never going to be free to retire. You're never going to own your time. You've got to be willing to look at things that are passive income streams, especially things like real estate. And if you say, well, I have an annuity. Annuities are crap. I mean, look at interest rates. They're, what are you going to, you're going to live off of one or two or 3%? You're, you're dead unless you've got 20 or $30 million. But inflation's 10, 15%. You've got to be looking at things like real estate because it keeps up with that stuff. So this is to you, you really everybody has to be thinking, how do I have, how do I create something that's passive and it's not speculative? 
And that's, and, and that's the shift. If you think about that, then you say, okay, well, I need to do it. How do I do it? And this is the tool, but it's first the stuff that you're talking about in teaching. And, and it's, it's so important because the wall street system is never going to set most people free. It's going to set the people free that are selling you the crap on wall street. But that's, I mean, that ultimately that doesn't benefit you. It just, it just abuses you. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times it just comes down to exposure. I mean, you know, a lot of my listeners are attorneys. They're, you know, they've got a big law firm practice and they just don't even have time to, to educate themselves or to listen to podcasts or do some of these things that we're exposed to all the time. And so that's what it comes down to is just being able to reach folks and kind of start changing that mindset so they can carve out some time to educate themselves and realize, Hey, maybe I need to change how I'm trying to build my wealth because what, what I'm doing is not going to work. That, and, and unfortunately, you know, I like that, that guy I was talking about earlier, the, the attorney in, in San Francisco, you, people that are by themselves, right, you know, they're practitioners of, of law or they have a firm or they're inside of a firm. Like you really do have to go beyond just the work and ask yourself, what's going to work for me? Because you I mean, you can be a great attorney and make a lot of money working, but you also have to make sure that you, you have assets working for you. And we, we've got firms, we've got law firms and medical practices where they've switched their 401ks so that the people have control. So like, like I mentioned, you have 50 people, you have 50 uh, attorneys and, and teams there. Everybody can have that option. It doesn't take anything away. That's one of the confusing parts. You still have options for all the mutual funds if you love those. Why? I have no idea, but you, know, you do have <laughs> options. It's just that you have the ability then, all, everybody does, all the employees, all the, all the attorneys, they have the ability to say, I actually want something else. I want to invest in this apartment syndication, this, you know, this deal. I want to do something other than just rolling the dice and hoping, but and smoking a bunch of hopium in a stock market, not a good plan, but that's what most people do. And so this is an alternative to that. They do, and they're really high on it right now too, because everything's just like on the up and it's just ready to ready to pop at some point, man. Yeah, and, and it, people say there's a cognitive bias towards re normalcy and recency. So we tend to say, oh, look, it's going up, so it'll keep going up, and unfortunately, uh, at some point that doesn't work. It'll keep working, I think, potentially for a while because of the amount of money that's being printed, or I say currency, right. it's not really money anymore because it's not scarce. So that could happen and people could say, oh, look, I should be in here because if I wasn't, I'd lose the 10, 20, 30, 40% returns. But we're talking about a rocket that's going up and it's it's running out of fuel because the fuel is the confidence in the dollar that's being printed mm -hmm. to push in that system. Eventually that's going to blow up. Yeah, definitely. All right, man, before we jump into Freedom 4, one last golden nugget for our listeners. Uh, I mean, the, the golden nugget is conventional wisdom is going to keep you in, enslaved and in shackles. And so you, and it, like, you really have to think about that. If you're just going along mainstream with whatever you're doing, it's, it's never going it, to, it's never going to set you free. And what's going to, the golden nugget is that you're going to wake up one day and you're going to look and I can tell you hell on earth is, is, is realizing or, or meeting the, the man or woman that you could have been. And when you wake up one day and realize that you just did conventional wisdom, you're going to be on your last, your, your last moments and go, damn it. The alternative to that is to say, I'm going to own my life. And your last moment, you're going to say, that was spectacular, totally different outcome. And it's important to, to choose and then live accordingly. Yeah, that's powerful, man. That, I, that you're not going to look back, you know, on your deathbed and say, I, I should have spent more time, you know, billing hours or being at the office or doing this or doing that with work. Uh, you're going to look back and say, you know, what did I, what did I do? What did I accomplish? You know, who did I, who did I meet? What relationships did I forge? And, and that's the things that are going to be important at the end. That's, that's, that's a fact. And, and, and really it's, 
It's about taking a breath and sitting still. I think the stillness is the missing piece anymore. It's like, I don't know about you, Seth, but I am, I feel like things are speeding up probably because they are, yeah. but I mean, I, I feel it. And, and it feels fast because it is fast. <laughs> right. And everything's exponentially changing. And, and so we, we have to be willing to take a pause to put down the devices and, and that, that off button is people say, well, what's your, what's your tech hack? I go the off button. And why? <laughs> because it gives you space to actually think and to process and to be and to dream and to plan. If you always have the on button, somebody is chasing you with a ding or a tw or twit or twat or whatever, trying to get you to pay attention to their <laughs> thing. So you're, you're kind of screwed if you don't turn the, the thing off at some point for a minute. Yeah, you, you got to do it sometimes. All right, let's jump into the Freedom Four. It's time for the Freedom Four. What's the best thing you do to keep your mind and body healthy? Uh, staying connected to nature, being outside in some form or another, and not being in this artificial man-made contrived box that we call offices and houses. That's just, a, no matter where you are, I think it's a, it's a powerful way to ground down and, and to connect with what's real. And it's also just authentic as hell. Love it. Love it. What's one life hack you use to be your most productive self? Uh it, this is this is going to be super complex. Um, it's called sleep, and and it's it's fascinating that most of the population is not sleeping well. They're not sleeping right. Whether it's alcohol that's screwing up your sleep, trying to get up too early in the morning, and your 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 hormones are all off because you're not processing correctly. Truly allowing yourself to sleep the appropriate amount in in an, in a consciously created environment is one of the most powerful things that almost nobody does. It's too hot, the wrong temperature, alarms are going off, you've got noise sleep can change everything because it does. Yeah, I agree. I was one of those people that when I first started getting like, you know, really into the entrepreneurship game and I was like, okay, I'm going to get up at 4am and do all this stuff. Now I'm just like, I, I try to get up early, but if I don't get my seven hour, I set my clock based on seven hours of sleep. So if I go to bed late, then I set it seven hours from there and, and get up at that point in time. So you, you've got to get that sleep. It's so important. Yeah. And, and what, what are the, one of the hacks I have is and, and people may say, this is crazy that I can't do that, but I don't do alarms anymore. I want my body to sleep as much as it needs because you can, you can say like seven hours may be the perfect amount. And if your body is done, that's great. But if you need seven and a half or eight and you're disrupting yourself, the, how productive are we, are we really going to be? We, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm up early. I'm going to the office, I'm doing my thing, but then you're half baked before you even start. So you really have to ask yourself, is an, ex, is an hour less of sleep going to give me an hour more of production or is it just going to make the next 10 hours of work really crappy? Yeah. I like that, man. I got to get on your level. We're going to start trying that. <laughs> What's one actual step our listeners can do right now to start creating more freedom? I, the, I would say if you're going to do anything that's going to disrupt your way of thinking, play cash flow. The, the, the board game cash flow helps you see into the future because it accelerates your, the way that you process and learn. You'll learn more in a couple hours playing that board game than you will in the next five years going out there and learning at conferences, doing some real estate deals, like it's, or, or attempting, you learn a ton by doing a deal. But the, the funny part is when you play a game, you can watch yourself five, 10 years out, you can see how you operate. You can look at your spouse and you go, wow, you're a crazy person just because you're playing this game. And so I'd, I would encourage everybody to play that game. It's, I've played it hundreds of times and I've, I've even, you know, I've, I've been around Robert Kiyosaki playing it and, and it's super funny to see everybody because you learn who people are when they play a game when money's involved because money yeah. makes it like brings out the feral cat <laughs> in all of us <laughs> how has passive income made your life better i it, it creates a certainty and, and and starts to relieve the anxiety around the basic exchange meaning that 
we all know we're going to have expenses it's called life. There's, you know, money operates things. It's an exchange of value. We're not going to go out there. Most of us are not in the woods, making our own food, growing it, killing, you know, doing it. We're part of civilization. We've got to have a way like Warren Buffett said, and he's right on this. You got to have a way to make sure that you've got passive income while you're sleeping. It allows you to, to do what Forrest Gump said. It, once he had made all that money on that little fruit stock called Apple, it was just one less thing to worry about. It takes the anxiety away from the daily, gosh, I have to be doing this. We go from survival, which is I got to go make some money to a place of openness where you can actually develop and find your purpose. And so that I, we're all here to do that. We're not, the purpose of life is purpose. It's not to be in survival. That's, that's what animals do in the wild. Humans have a frontal, like the, the, the frontal lobe is there on purpose for us to see into the future and create it. And that's, that's what passive income really does. Yeah. I mean, it allows you to become the person that you're supposed to become. It gives you the freedom to be able to become that person, really. That's right. Exactly right. Damien, it's been great having you on the show, brother. Uh, where can our listeners find out more about you? Uh, best place to find me is, is at the company site, eqrp.co. Uh, you learn more, get a copy of the book. There's, there's lots of resources there. This is, the, this is the sleeper that most people don't think about. They say, well, what am I going to do for my future? Well, make sure your retirement accounts aren't all screwed up and in control of somebody else. So get a copy of the QRP book at eqrp.co and, and, and learn more. I mean, you're, and empower yourself with, with the right information uh, that's, that's going to give you a key to breaking your shackles. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks, Seth. Appreciate it. Talk soon. Mr. Damian Lupo bringing the absolute fire. No holds barred. Love it. From getting chased by lions to 20 million in real estate and now to leading the rebellion against Wall Street, Damian has had quite the journey. Major key, financial education leads to introflection that leads to massive mindset shift. You're probably already experiencing it. Use that motivation and momentum to take action. Take back control over your time and build a better, more fulfilled journey. To learn more about breaking the chains of Wall Street, go to escapethebillable.com and download our free guide to investing in alternative assets. Until next time, folks, enjoy the journey. Thank you for listening to the Passive Income Attorney Podcast with Seth Bradley. Do you want more ideas on how to generate multiple streams of passive income? Then jump over to PassiveIncomeAttorney.com for show notes and resources. Then apply for the private Facebook community by searching for the Passive Income Attorney on Facebook. And we'll see you on the next episode.